Soon the god of the spa of the Garden of Eden will crush everything under your feet. Worries, doubts, fears, wonderings about destiny. Am I gonna make it? Am I gonna make it, demon? I know you know that one. I know you know him. Tell him we said hi and give him the sword. Time for Celestial Jacuzzi Ministries. Bubbles. Celestial Bliss, it's the real deal. Promised Land realities constantly taking you over from within, which is above, and the outside, which is below. Both of them getting perfected by the gospel. I learned something pretty wild today. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. The study of the word is higher than prophecy. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, they don't teach that in the charismatic they church. Don't. And I never knew that in the verse for that is God esteems his word higher than his name. So it's the study of the word and the depths of the word is higher than prophecy. A fulfillment of the word of God is the heights of the counsel of God the Father, people maturing in the inner substance of the word that is nothing less than God's own genetics. God's gene pool is inside the gospel. <laughs> Every word of the Father in Jesus Christ, the word of God, contains fresh wine, new wine, that's the blood of the Lamb, and living water, and the Holy Spirit. So the earth is perfected by the spirit, the water, and the wine, and the heavens are perfected by the word, and the spirit, and the Father. And we have all of this in Christ, the fullness of new heavens and new earth constantly. Not a one-time realization, but a continual emanation a constant manifestation of the sons of God. Or you could say of sonship, which is a, a state of being in Christ. Not a maturity by figuring out really fancy revelations and really fancy mystical knowledge, but it's a state of manifesting a being Christ in you. Also known as going up to the next sapphire stone. Because he is the way. Jesus is the way, which is every step you take. What does the Bible say? The word is a lamp unto your feet. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. You know, you know the song. You went to the vacation Bible school. You went to the summer camp. You know, there's another step up on the sapphire stone. It's wonderful. 
It's wonderful to study him. <laughs> the problem is, is we try to study books. <laughs> or study thoughts. Or words about God that came out of the mouth of something that was not God and not related to God that doesn't serve God. That's the problem. So however good the information might look, no matter if it could be Satan quoting the exact verse of the Bible, but it didn't come out of the mouth of the Holy Spirit. Even the prophets, they spoke, opening their mouth, and guess who filled it? The Holy Spirit. That's why their word is true and reliable, because when they opened their mouth, the Holy Spirit spoke. So as we teach these things, we're not looking for just a factual argument, a, an opinion. We want to hear God speak to us. He speaks through his prophets. He speaks through his scholars and his teachers. He speaks in visions and dreams. There are many voices in this world and in the worlds that have fallen. Whose voice will we listen to? The voice of many waters. The voice that thundered. The man of lightning. After he moves, the thunder always speaks. There's a pause in between the lightning and the thunder. And there is that spirit that enforces that pause of the peal of the thunder, the lightning and the thunder. Written in the book of Enoch, there's always the lightning, a pause, and then the thunder. So when you see that flash of light, that revelation that speaks, Lightning, gemstones, radiating Shekinah glory within you. Wait. And listen. And look. And you'll see. And hear. That is when blessed are your eyes for they see. And blessed are your ears for they hear. What the Spirit is speaking to you, His church, made of living Sapphire stones, emerald, sapphire, topaz, ruby, layers of stones, colors, many mansions, all oh, many mansions, in your father's house. Many levels to the mansions as you go up. And as you put the pieces of the puzzle together, his words within you formed, the picture becomes ever clearer to the full dawning of day, and in the full light of day, we see. We see clearly in the full light of day, day is dawning. So don't be discouraged if it's the dim that, that dim light of that first light of dawn, just barely peeking over the mountain. And there's still many shadows, but you know you see the light. 
Everything is about to change. When that light rises and the full light of day comes in his light, we see light as it is. No less and no more. In his light we see light, or you could say in the word you begin seeing. So what God was just showing me is how when we're young in the Lord we quote scripture to the best of our ability with good intentions, but it's really a quotation in darkness. As the word and the substances in the word take root in our heart, the pure in heart see God. Seeing God is the visions inside the word. The Hebrew language is a picture language. So every time Hebrew goes forth from the Spirit of God, there's visions. So when you begin to understand the depths of the word, you live in a continual picture book of seeing into heaven within you. When you're blind, it's called blind faith. And that is an absolute phase, as Jesus Christ prescribed, buy from me ISAV that you could see. What is ISAV? seeing within the word inside the purified heart so you'll see the path your word illuminates the path of sapphire stones ascending to god should we jump right into that a lamp into my field. you guys want to see what the path looks like Let's we have it diagrammed so no one has to perish for lack of knowledge okay so there Let's see, that'll be on your left side. That is the path of the seven worlds. Each world looks like the right side there. And it's the earth, it's the moon, it's Mercury, and it's Venus, it's the sun, it's Mars, it's Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, Neptune, and Uranus. And then from Uranus, you go up to the next world, starting at the Earth again. And each of these angelic spheres has an archangel assigned to them, and their Hebrew names, the original names that God used to create them, for the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet were the, the languages or the visions that God spoke the worlds into existence from. So the ancient original Hebrew, the Hebrew that Moses spoke, which is a completely different language than today's Hebrew. If Moses were to walk the earth today, he wouldn't be able to read or write modern Hebrew. It's a completely man-made language, but the ancient Hebrew was the actual language God used when he spoke heaven and earth into existence. And so these are the Hebrew names of how God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. So you can see there, Yetzirah has four worlds inside of it because there are four layers to your soul. And you're born again of spirit, so you begin in the spirit world of Asaya. And if you're God inside minded and you're obedient to the Holy Ghost and you're learning His Word, you can ascend the spirit world. You go from the spirit world of Malkut, the earth, 
into the spirit world of Yasad, the moon. And you want to keep going up. And the first time you really begin to encounter the realm of overcomers after you're born again. And honestly, guys, since Sandalphon, the spirit of Elijah, is the principality or archangel of Malkut, the earth, it requires a walk similar to Elijah, even in the first world of Asaya. So, I mean, it is a very narrow path, and um, there's nothing lukewarm Laodicean about it. Your walk will be similar to Elijah himself to even go from Asaya Earth to Asaya Moon. The first step is like your, your life is similar. You can relate to the life of Elijah because Elijah is the angel helping you ascend that first spirit world from Earth to Moon. You have to show yourself faithful to the spirit of Elijah, faithful to the river. You learn to drink the river, be washed in the river, God inside minded the river coming out of your belly like rivers of living water. And just that discipleship, uh, the discipline, receiving correction, learning to start to get on the altar, you know, pick up your cross and die daily. Those kind of discipleship things, uh, learn to be God inside minded. Uh, foundations of I am loved, right? The love of God, um, all those things. Yeah, there's a lot of consecration, getting the word, learning how to feed your spirit, value the spirit instead of valuing the soul and the flesh. That's when you really, you don't even really, you, your whole goal at that point is to get out of your head and down through your heart and not just stopping at heart level. That's what gets people stuck in religion and religious witchcraft, going beyond heart depth to discover your spirit. That's where you start laying hands on your spirit, start building up your spirit. So if you're finding it impossible for you to go from Malkut to Yasad, it might not be time. You have to understand there should be no freaking out and worrying about being, you know, the whole left behind demon. You know the left behind demon? You're going to be left behind. <laughs> They're all going to the moon and you're not. You know, that's a demon. So you probably should tell him to pack up and leave if he's been contacting you. Please don't listen to him. He's just annoying. Uh, because this you have to think kingdom perspective. When I saw the earth sphere, there was a separation. The old earth was being separated from the earth. So even the Mal Malkut is the kingdom. So even if you are just in the river, if you're loyal to the river, faithful to the river, all you literally have to have is loyalty and obedience to God's, uh, God's government. That's it. Loyalty and obedience to the word of God. Loyalty and obedience to his government. Which is what? God's a government. God's government? Yeah. It's not like the president. It's not like... My own interpretation of the Bible, it's... God has, the you know... Thrones. His leadership and human beings. Yeah. Was, you know, have 24 elders kind of, around the throne. Yeah. So, loyalty and obedience will get you so far. So, instead of freaking out about going from Malkut to Yasad and I'm going to be left behind, literally I saw the Earth sphere as Malkut being... It's a new, the new Earth coming forth. So, the old one was being drawn away there's a separation between the ice that firmament and down out of that was where the principalities were being thrown down out of the earth as they were being overcome and so it was just ridding the world of the satans and then on top of that there was a lot of evangelism uh, that needed done still people have the chance to repent 
demons are being thrown out of the earth, that kind of stuff. So understand that you need to be faithful with Malkut. If you just have that one gemstone, or if God entrusted you with just one talent, don't bury it in the dirt. At least invest it, would at least support those who have been sent to the forefront of the, the fight on the edges of the universe and ascending worlds to throw these things out like the trash that they are, right? To throw these demons out like the trash that they are. That's God's will. So at least invest in the kingdom through tithes and offerings and sacrifices while you're circumcising in Malkut, you're not just going to be left behind on the earth falling into the abyss because they couldn't get out of the moon. You know? It's yeah, just, the higher you support yeah. your brothers and sisters that are ascending, mm -hmm. the easier it'll be for you to ascend because the path is just being paved. Um, I think it's important. Hebrews says that salvation is inherited through angels. It's exactly what Scripture says, that ministering spirits help you inherit salvation salvation is inherited through angel ministry now here are the angels whoops there's the temple that's you and the angel of the earth is sandalphon the transfigured form of elijah so elijah everyone born again is under the archangel of elijah when they're saved on earth okay now that angel helps you inherit salvation. The angel of Elijah. Read the final quest series. It's continuous. Why? Because he's continuously involved in this generation. There's no destiny fulfilled of any believer in this generation apart from Elijah. Elijah is the only way to even begin having a grid for your father in heaven. It's like the first step into his nature after you're saved. That's why it's essential that you become totally prophetic. Consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously, all the time. And not just, you know, the goofy prophetic where it's just totally flaky and fortune cookies and all this stuff of, uh, there's a, a lot of false prophetic, but the true it's prophetic, of socks. <laughs> the, the true prophetic you can see has a purpose in growing and ascending upward. Not just the fascination of the Hebrews seeking signs and wonders. That's the false prophetic. You know, just wanting the stuff to ooh and ah you, you missed it. It's not about just getting ooed and ahed and, and entertained, and, and it's not about even your emotional excitement. That is not important. What's important is rising to be with God because you're created not for you, but for God's enjoyment. You were not created for your own enjoyment. That's false prophetic. Your Christianity was not created for you. Jesus came so that the Father could be enjoying his creation again so it's zero about us 100 about the father and then you're complete then you can begin cooperating with the angels that are sent from the father because now we understand the function and the purpose of salvation for god's enjoyment so that whole realm of offense and pride deteriorates because it's no longer about something for us and that's why offense sets in when most people are offended because their Christianity is for themselves. They've missed the entire purpose of being saved. You're saved for God. As it is written, you are God's own people for His pleasure. It is written. So the enjoyment of God is because God's enjoying you. God only enjoys you. Okay? God only enjoys you. 
when you're allowing the angels to increase salvation in you. Which means a people that are carnal and not allowing the angelic to consume the animal and making progress in the realm, God does not delight in them. It's true, God does not delight in anyone that's not inheriting salvation. That's why they don't even go to be with him because he never delighted in them. Mm -hmm. What does the scripture say of Enoch? Mm -hmm. God delighted in him, therefore he took him. Being taken means be ascended, be raptured. He, he went up on sapphire stones. He began to map out for this generation, a far off and remote generation. They will understand the path of Enoch, which is the path of lightnings and the path of sapphire stones. These seven worlds that Enoch, your forerunner, a human being like you and I, but was given the task as a scribe of righteousness. So the scribing of righteousness, much of this has come forth from the pioneers. Fancy way to say he was really good at taking notes from God. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. You and mean Enoch never surprise. shared it on Facebook. <laughs> so in the description today of the live video, there's two links to get both those charts. I really think those two charts are the two most valuable pictures or information on planet earth besides having salvation and understanding jesus christ after you're born again coming into the school of elijah as every believer must according to scripture once you're in elijah's school those are the two most important pictures in the world because you can have no success in god unless you walk the way of god walk with me in the way and let our hearts burn together. I believe when Jesus was walking with his disciples, what was burning in their hearts was the sapphire stones. To interpret the New Testament through cosmic great wisdom really is the beginning of understanding. What happens is it solidifies the divine body. Okay? God is from above and not below, it is written. Jesus Christ, red letters, I am from above, which means God is from above. So to be the body of God, it must be a cosmic body. The lower body is not the body of Christ. The above body is the body of Christ. So what's the false bride? What's the whore of Babylon in Revelation? Those who believe the below body is God's body. It's absolutely not at all. The temple of <laughs> dust, the temple of every unclean thing. So we've pretty much come to the, the maxing out of uh, false Christianity in this generation, believing that the below body is the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. It's not. The body above, the divine body, the cosmic body, Everything the apostolic ministry of the Apostle Paul going into the celestial body was working for is the divine body. The divine body cannot fade. The divine body cannot spot. The divine body cannot wrinkle. The divine body is transfigured. I go ahead of you to prepare mansions. It is written, if it were not so, I'd tell you, which means there'd be no salvation available for the outer man, no habitation. There's, it would just be a spiritual hope. But Jesus Christ didn't say that at all. He's 
preparing a path for mansions, dwelling places, habitations for the outer man, outer woman to change through a certain kind of knowledge. Now this is fascinating. You study knowledge in the New Testament. We got this thing in Christianity now that knowledge is bad. No, there's a knowledge that brings salvation. That you might have the knowledge of Christ that brings salvation. It is a type of knowledge that brings the Shekinah glory of God. There is also much knowledge that's just Greek that doesn't have any light in it, doesn't have any life in it, doesn't have any power to resurrect in it, and that's arch enemy. Jesus taught that knowledge would be about three quarters, the enemy coming and sowing into you after you're born again in the shadow realm, shadows of God, demons of God, that they're counterfeit divinity. All demons are counterfeit divinity. Okay? So all shadows are the shadows of God, and they come to try to sow knowledge into you. As you've noticed in modern day Christianity, arch enemy. Now a certain kind of knowledge that grows within, that comes from the inner man of God, God's knowledge, the knowledge that has the tree of life in it, the knowledge that has power in it, that knowledge is what we're supposed to grow in. Growing in that knowledge completely transfigures the inner man and manifests a greater light continuously. That knowledge will take you from glory to glory every step of the way. So repentance, oftentimes, especially in this highly educated society, repentance is changing the feast of knowledge from head to heart. Ears that hear, how can ears hear? Because they're hearing with their heart. The flesh is not blocking and burning the knowledge of the gospel, the knowledge of the glory, intimate knowledge. That What does the word intimate mean? Getting into the innermost being. Has nothing to do with carnal eros intimacy. Zero. 100% to do with spirit intimacy, which is seed and soil. When Jesus taught intimate salvation knowledge, he taught in gardening terms. When, you, when a seed goes into soil, then it sprouts and grows through water and light. This is how divine knowledge illuminates the inner man even to have ears that hear and eyes that see through gardening, which was being able to hear. And what is obedience? Bearing forth the fruit from your heart, what you're hearing. Not a people hearing and dying, that's a wilderness people, like the first exodus, they, they would hear, and then they would not allow it to take root in their spirit. Why? Because they had the spirit of Egypt in their hearts, it is written. Egypt represents old earth. Egypt also represents religion. If there's Egypt in your heart, there will be no room to produce the fruits of the spirit and the word. So the repentance and the ox that threshes through the heart for gardening is threshing Egypt out of the soil of your heart to produce Jack and the Beanstalk. So it sprouts up within and you're attached to the vine. What's the vine? Producing the wine, the new wine. How high does it go? Promised land wine. Goes all the way up into the heavens. 
the fruit bearing of the word of God in your hearts and minds is what causes you to have the grace to ascend. You will never ascend from earth to moon, from moon to mercury, from mercury to Venus, from Venus to the sun, which we need all the overcomers in this day to do in this first spirit world of Isaiah. To be sun-sealed in the spirit world is the bare minimum requirement for the overcomers in this generation. Amen. You can only do that through fruit production of the Word of God. So that means your spirit, as the Apostle Paul said, which was the pinnacle of his apostolic ministry, have served God with my entire spirit. If your entire spirit is not serving God, you have other gods which means you're a servant of demons. As it is written, demons have been my rivals, Moses quote. Demons want you to serve them with your spirit, with the soil of your heart producing seed after their own kind, for an enemy has sowed this seed, Jesus Christ said in the red letters. So the war for the human being is a war of seeds, for the soil of the heart. So to be a faithful steward of the word of God and the gospel and the Torah of God and all the things that God has given us in Jesus Christ is someone who's guarding the soil and the precious seed and the precious fruit. And you'll learn how to garden. Oftentimes when you start farming, you have no idea what you're doing and you have a terrible crop. You learn there's bugs, there's worms, there's enemies always trying to steal the fruit in the harvest. You'll even have rabbits come in and eat all your tomatoes. You'll have deer come in and just devour everything you have. So you have many enemies to gardening. So through learning how to garden, that Jesus Christ said, you have a 30-fold harvest, a 60-fold harvest, a 100-fold harvest. In what? The word that you received and planted in your spirit. Salvation often comes by just one phrase of the Father able to hit the mark of your spirit. There wasn't much words that came forth on the road to Damascus to smite Saul of Tarsus. Just a couple words, like two sentences. Then he spent 17 years unraveling all the scriptures inside his heart afterwards. So you were saved just from a couple phrases usually. I remember when the word began to penetrate my spirit in 1999 in Minnesota Teen Challenge. It was just a couple words were able to get through the darkness in my soul and my heart and hit my spirit. And then it was a total whiteout just from two or three divine words. And then God's voice, just a couple words from God. The Father speaking, not a whole paragraph, not a whole book, just a couple things. Very short, very simple, very perfect. And then my whole spirit began to change in the fruit production from hearing words from God. So now you understand where light comes from. True light comes only from the Word. As it's written, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through Him all worlds, John 1, all worlds were created. Seven of them right there. So through Jesus Christ, all seven worlds were created. Now, so you can see, through ascending the Word of God, you get familiar with Jesus, Creator of worlds.
This is how we begin to know him. So you can tell as someone who hasn't ascended the worlds created by the word of God, they know him because just in their heads. And that's why there's, it's mostly self and religion, and that's why they're easily offendable. Because it's just information. Now, if you've ascended, you're blazing with the word that created the worlds in your very angel. There's no ability to be offended. Because you're blazing with the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent one on the inside. There's an understanding of all worlds for the people that really begin to have the intimate knowledge of the word of God. That's what all of us are going to grow in in all the years of our life. And we will ascend. And I want to show you something important. Salvation for the flesh is that Bria sixth world. And I believe that we're predestined for ordained to conquer that Bria sixth world. I'll tell you exactly where I'm at right now. I'm in the soul world. We're conquering Yetzirah. I've been working on it since last November and ascending very rapidly. And just dealing with all the primordial points of man. And how God created man through breathing through the worlds. It was the Ruach HaKadosh that was mixed with the dust of the earth. It was also through all the heavens that God breathed into a created being. The divine and the natural both together in one. So that's why you have all the second heavens in, uh, involved in your transfiguration. Why? Original design is why. This map is very accurate and true. This map is accurate and true. If you go and look online, you'll notice that you might just see four worlds mentioned here or there. You might have seen some other things, but I've checked and I've searched, but there is not in existence another map like this one anywhere online or anything like that down to the very details and i can tell you that this is accurate because it was actually the holy go spirit go show it to your church pastors and ask them if it's sound doctor right <laughs> the and accuracy you'll see weeping and gnashing the teeth the, you know, the, the importance <laughs> for you to have this exact path is because you're not going to find it anywhere else the Holy Spirit of God actually showed this to me. He taught this to me himself. Like, this is from God himself. And I, when I wanted to check my notes, I actually met God the Father in the third heaven. He took me up and showed it to me that it met. Like, he showed me the very top of what it, where it goes into the third heavens. And so it was just exactly how it looked in my diary. And he showed me the top. And he explained through revelation and teaching and just showing me exactly, like through all kinds of parables and in the scripture and the studies in the Hebrew, how exactly it was laid out. It was a revelation from God. And because the importance of that is if you only thought, it was like, oh yeah, just go up four of these, it's four worlds, you'll never get there because you'll think, you, don't, you won't know where you are. And it's important to know where you are because each one of these worlds, you deal with something different in the fallen nature. Everyone, it's a specific world, so you'll notice it's different when you go from Isaiah to Yetzira. It, it, you're like, it's like, oh, so we're doing this again, but the game changes. It cha every tree that you conquer, it slightly changes. The first one is the most straightforward. It's the most intense because you have the least amount of grace. That you know, you you're 
it's like beginner mode, but there's beginner's grace, right? When you're going in there, it's very straightforward, just the sapphire stone, sapphire stone, but it's, it's really, it feels the most intense, I believe, because you're dealing with discovering your spirit. Everything is so deep and eternal, and it just, it literally just feels like you're going through that, you know, like, deep space, and it's, like, severe, you know, it's very, like, intense. You feel that. And then when you get into Yetzira, it's that first layer of Yetzira Asaya is the most closely resembling Asaya. So that's that soul layer one in Yetzira. Well, I call that Asaya of Yetzira. And so that one, it's it's nice because it mo more closely resembles the tree of Asaya, meaning that it resembles it. It feels kind of the same, looks kind of the same, but. In a weird way, it feels a little more shallow and a little more fuzzy. A little more fuzzy. And we're like, okay, we're in the soul now. And part of the revelation there, that is, um, you're making it through Pan's Labyrinth. So when you're going through Yetzira, that's when, you know, we reference, like, the Labyrinth movie, things like that, just as an example. There's certain manifestations in the natural realm mm -hmm. that kind of reflect some of the, the things that happen through in the, the whole curse realm. of the fall. Yeah. So the, the, the heart is deceitful above all things. You're dealing with that in Yetzirah. In the world of Asaya, you're dealing with cleansing your own spirit from iniquity, right? So it's getting all the Christian iniquity out of the spirit so that you can serve, like Brandon said, you can serve God with your whole spirit. A lightning, electric, ephod. Oh, hey, angel, I flash in there. Thank you. I got a witness. And um, so you serve God with your whole spirit. And then you start to make your way through the layers of the soul, which are, you know, deceitful beyond. Whew, it's, you already know. If you've been on the God Inside Mind journey, you already know your soul done you wrong how many times now. Like, I didn't even tell you to be like that. I'm, you know, you know how it is. So this is how you deal with it. When you're first just on Malkut, God Inside Minded, get in the river, drink, you get out of your head, get out of your heart, get in your spirit, get in your spirit, build up your spirit. This is where you got to get a little more brave when you go up that high and start to say, all right, we're not just going to avoid the soul. The sword separates, you know, soul from spirit. So now you know you differentiated in your early beginning. Mm -hmm. This is my soul. This is my spirit. You know the difference. You know the difference between flesh, soul, and spirit. That's established as you realize your spirit. In the, sword, in the word of God, Malkut, circumcision, you get on the moon, get into the sun. Iniquity burns out. And then you serve God with your whole spirit when you accomplish in that first world of Asaya from Malkut to Keter. And then when you hit Keter, if you've seen the master class, what happens? He meets you halfway, right? You conquer that one, and then that emanation comes down and it completes the circuit on the other side. It comes down the opposite side, and now it's full of lightning. Uh, you, if you're really sensitive, you might see it, you could feel it. It might be both, or you just have that sense of knowing, but you can feel the lightnings going. And every time you go to Keter, you know, for me, I'm, I'm sensitive, uh, or it's just a grace that God's given me as a pioneer, maybe. Maybe you'll experience it too. You'll actually see the emanations inscribed inside of you. And even if you don't see it, when you know it, you've got the confirmations. Again, like we've said before, when you go to each sapphire stone, God always confirms his word. That sapphire stone is his word. You go there, you circumcise it within you, you conquer it, and then he confirms it. So there's absolutely zero confusion. If there's any confusion, you need to stop, pause, remain there until you've learned the lesson you need to learn, 
and then you go to the next one. And so it's just, it's very methodical. Some people who are really structured, organized people, you'll like this because it's just, it leaves no room for confusion. It's just literally, this is the next one. Yeah, the blueprints are right there in the book of yep. Revelation. God's giving you the measurements, the, the blueprints, the building materials, the, what, what they're building with, the, the, uh, the gemstone type, the quality. All of that is written in the book of Revelation. So when God's building, mm -hmm. he's telling you your supplies. He's telling you the geography. And so we're learning how to build apostolically. Can we put the picture up one more time? And we're putting this on here a lot, but you want to burn this into your memory. Yeah, get the pictures in the description. Yep. Nice. Print them out on your printer. Put them on your wall. Yep. Put them on your phone. Put them on your wall. Signs and wonders follow right those who believe. And by faith we rise from the dead. So there will be confirmations around you as like an overflow into the natural room, which is your temple, of where you're at. So there's no guessing game. You can't have the confirmations in yourself. It needs to be an external, out of self, confirmations. And when you're really young, I would say 10. Like literally 10 confirmations to make sure you're rock solid in the way. Because God wants to lead you to himself, therefore God will confirm his word. Right. Amen. And that's the angel's job. The angels are assigned from heaven to do that for you. Yeah, because when you're early on in this journey, you might be feeling all kinds of confusion because you're learning. Because when you first start this, you're learning about all the sapphire stones. So you might start seeing signs and wonders about you know, Hakma, Vina, you might start seeing stuff. Oh, Venus, I saw this. I saw Jupiter. That doesn't have anything to do with where you're actually at. Now, this is how methodical this is. This is how God does this. Literally, you will know exactly where you're at. If you don't, you start at Malkut because you can, you know, we talked about the parable. Put yourself at the lowest place at the dining table. And then, you know, he's like, come on up here, friend. I've got a better spot for you. So it's always better to just, you know, we consider ourselves in the lower place start there and go up and do it in such a way that you're ascending properly because if you go outside of the narrow way you're going to be in cosmic unrighteousness and it's going to be very difficult for anyone in leadership to to um basically get convince you otherwise and that causes difficulty confusion and potential loss of destiny you know you know so yeah. that so all those are very serious but this is why we're very like this is how it is, this is what to expect, this is how you can know that you know that you know that you're walking in the right way, not just, oh, I saw a vision, well, I just read a bunch of the Word of God, and then, but you're saying things that are backwards, you know, so we, we can't have that. We want you, the fastest way for you to do it, what do they say? Do it right the first time. Has anyone made that mistake before? You're like, I'm just going to rush through, I'm going to do it, and then you're like, oh, crap, I forgot a piece, you know. Just do it, it actually is faster when you slow down a little bit, ment like mentally slow down, your heart slow down, and just build it right the first time. And, you know, I learned this the hard way going through Isaiah. You can get into the sun and fall out of the sun. That's not happening much anymore because we have it so firmly established teaching and doctrine and warnings. This is so that you don't have to go through what we've been through pioneering these things that's for your benefit that's why when we reiterate things we say it again and again just understand that's for your benefit so that you don't have to suffer you don't have to go through the same delays you don't have to there's already been you enough delay off course right. 
Yeah. That the whole path to perfection, even the transfiguration of your body, is paved out and blueprinted. Um, it's important to know that the path of lightnings is how the river of life flows from Jesus Christ to earth. So it's the path of the river. Every good and perfect gift comes down. So the Bible says that everything has to come down. That's why the arrows are pointing down, even though you're going up. It's like salmon spawning. You're just returning to the Father through the downward flow of the river. The same exact picture is in Ezekiel 47. The river was flowing out of the temple, which is God's throne in the third heaven. But they're swimming into the river, through the heavens, into God's habitation and house in the third heaven, through the second heaven. So that illustration is all over the word of God. And now we're going to really understand it. You see how it goes down to Hakma? It goes to the male side first, and then to Bina. Uh, Jesus had uh, the male DNA when he incarnated. Oh, that is a nice kind of scary to a Christianity word. He, when Jesus incarnated. Doesn't that just sound like, I'm afraid of your doctrine, you know? So just we got to get the trigger. Triggers, the uh, point of going into the trigger words is that it doesn't scare or trigger us, uh, but we can use the mind of Christ to understand these things. Literally, Jesus incarnated. All that means is Jesus became flesh. The word of God was made flesh. You incarnated. Jesus incarnated. I'm an incarnation. Literally, you're just, he was just made flesh. That's it. So, yeah, the, it comes down, the lightning path, if you notice, it came down. Now, Jesus came down into the earth, and he went back up the same way, it says. He went back up, anyway. You can, you can infer that, you know, when, when you look at those verses about how he came down and went back up, mm -hmm. uh, what they're implying there in the spirit realm. Now, why doesn't, what about the other side on the left? There hasn't been a woman that went up. There's only been two. Even if you read um, Pilgrim's Progress, is a really good book. They talk about you go through the waters of death to get into the kingdom, right? To get into paradise, to get into heaven. You die and go to heaven. And they said, what about that other, they saw the other path. What about that other path? And they said it's possible, but there's only been two people at that point that did it, which was uh, Enoch and Elijah. They're the ones who didn't die. So there is that path, and it's a narrow way. And so that's, you know, when I saw that when I was a kid, that's when I started praying, Lord, please show me that way. I want to walk in that way. It's really possible, isn't it? And so just starting to pray, you know, when I was a little kid, and I saw that, please show me the path of Enoch. I got derailed for a little while there, but... You know, didn't we all? Didn't we all get a little derailed at some point? But we're back on track, and uh, it's good. So I want a shout out to all of our, you know, all of my girls who are doing this with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we need the the left, the woman side. Need the total this is... pioneering work. No woman has ever walked this path in the history of the world. Yeah, it, they just it's it just yeah. So yeah, so when we go up. And then that comes down on the left side, it, the whole thing turns into a lightning grid of the ephod. So this is really exciting. Yeah, this is the time, this is what Bob Jones is talking about, flying to the sun. Remember he talked about the time of the women is coming? I'm talking about equal women's rights in Christianity. 
And the beautiful thing is, in Christ, as you transform and you give up the old woman nature, like, not just the, the soul, the animal soul, animalistic fallen soul of Eve and all the problems, ladies, when you get to Yetzirah, understand these are the heart emotions. Yetzirah is all the realm of emotions. I know the men, y'all have messed up emotions too. It is, it's all the emotions of male and female are, are so just messed up. They're just wrong, wrong about everything. Our emotions, it actually is shocking how little it matters what your emotions are going through Yetzirah. You think it means, oh, I better feel this. It actually means so much less than you, than you think. And I've learned that from going through a lot of these. Literally, you think it's the end of the world. You think, oh no, oh no, oh, but I feel this. You have to just not care about how you feel. It's not about your pleasure, right? Because we, we have to forsake and divorce the pleasure demon. Right? If we serve at idol, worshiping idols of pleasure, oh, but this gives me pleasure, you know, this my revelations of pleasure, but you're still using it for your pleasure, not Father's pleasure, which is to do righteousness, justice, holiness in His name, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, in walking the narrow path. Anything other than that is just pretend, make believe, bunch of bullcrap, you know? That's all it is. So we're coming out of that. But when you go through Yetzira, I'm going to tell you right ahead of time. Do the different layers. Certain layers might be more or less intense for you. Some of them tend to be a little more intense for the male. Some are a little more intense for the female. It actually doesn't really matter how you feel when you're going through them. You can literally just like, okay, I know that's... If you feel a really strong emotion, whether it's positive, whether it's positive, which means whether it feels good or feels really bad, really good or really bad, are always sketchy to me in those realms. Why do I feel so good? Why do I feel so bad? Question it because it's knowledge of good and evil. Go with what you know in your spirit. Go with what you know in your spirit and maintain those lessons that you learned going through the realm of Isaiah and those lessons you learned in the river of Elijah about knowing in the spirit and not being about your emotions. You can really lean and rely on that. If you got a good foundation on that, get a good foundation on that that will carry you through because you're going to feel all kinds of crazy things going through that. And it's intense. If you, uh, Some people who have gone, gone up through Asaya, they're like, oh my gosh, the feelings are so intense. I'm like, just wait till you get to Yetzira. But, um, but the cool thing is once you realize, it actually doesn't matter that I feel like I'm freaking out, like I feel these crazy emotions. That's just the old nature dying. I can actually choose. This is where you need to learn from the world of action as Asaya, what you learned in there. Sometimes you just need to take action. It doesn't matter... You know, you can do enough research, enough study, and you can have all the emotions in the world. But it makes me feel, someone said this to me, and it made me feel this. Well, it doesn't matter. Don't let that stop you from taking action. God-given direction and action. It can't stop you. So, those are all lies. That's Pan's Labyrinth. They try to make you say what you feel is going to dictate how you're sailing that ship. Well, look at Isaiah is the best example of that in Scripture. He, in the year King Isaiah died... The seraphim came and touched him with a sapphire stone on his Ooh. mouth and took him over. So it was just one stone. I mean, you're going to go up all the pathway of living stones. Isaiah 54, 11, he lays his foundations with sapphires. It is written. So you'll go up every stone and it won't just be touching your mouth. But notice the mouth came first because as you speak, so you are. So the circumcision of your mouth is really the first step in ascension. 
Cleansing lepers? What's leprosy in prophetics? It's cleansing your mouths. It's the sin of the mouth, that the tongue is set on the course of hell. And we could say, well, that's dealt with at salvation. It absolutely is not. I've been in Christianity around tens of thousands of Christians for 24 years. They sin with their mouth continuously, especially behind closed doors. And their judgments and their gossip and their slander and their own human belief systems and their animal cultures and especially in their finances and their personal preservation and all these things and they're full of opinions. All of that is a progressive work. Just like when a child is born, he was circumcised the eighth day according to Torah, which means it's a progressive thing symbolically after you're born again. That um, Erwin's like, oh man, Ezekiel 1 and 2, right? Crazy visions, awesome stuff. That's all from the realm of Yetzirah. That's where he saw into is um, from Yetzirah, that perspective. So, but listen, after all that crazy, amazing vision in Ezekiel 3:14, this was his emotions. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away in the vision, and I went in bitterness of discouragement in the heat of my spirit, and the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. <laughs> He's bitter so, when the hand of the Lord was on him. So don't be surprised. And that was in the realm of Yetzirah that he was seeing all these things coming down from. And, you know, the prophets, they looked through uh, that gazing into glory, and the glory appeared to them from that realm. Okay, so don't be discouraged. It went, he did all right. He did good. He did amazing. Yeah, you d you'll He's... deal with primordial Adam and primordial Eve as you ascend because original design is at the top of the seven worlds. Okay, so seven's the number of the Father. So there's seven worlds. Four is the number of creation. So there's seven inside four. Mm -hmm. There's only four. And we'll go, let's go back again. Let's look at this again. This is really good to look at. And this is helpful understanding of the seven and the four. So there's only Asaya, Yetzirah, Bria, and Absolute, but in the soul realm there's four worlds within Yetzirah that correspond with the four worlds of creation. So Asaya, Yetzirah, Bria, and Absolute are all different, four different levels and layers inside Yetzirah. So there's Asaya of Yetzirah, Yetzirah of Yetzirah, Bria of Yetzirah, and Absolute of Yetzirah. Amen. Yeah. And so. Okay, this, the soul, it's kind of like the shadows of the worlds in the soul. Yeah. So that soul layer, those soul layers, they reflect, well, they're supposed to reflect like a nice, clean, pretty, perfect mirror exactly how it was supposed to be if it was never damaged, never fallen. So that's, you know, what it's supposed to be. How can the soul be a partaker of the divine nature? If we've understood how wicked the soul is, how deceitful above all things the heart is, which is that realm of the soul. How can it be saved? We're not just throwing it all out. We're not just throwing out that part of God's creation. Full salvation is not just salvation in your spirit and you die and go to heaven. That's a lower level of salvation. But what was the apostle talking about when he said that I might be raised from the dead while yet in the body? As in, not physically dying, but being raised from the dead. What kind of dead raising is that? This is it. We're dealing with the spirit soul world. And yep. lastly, you know, the flesh the gets transfigured once you're in that that flesh world. That's the world of salvation for your bodies where mortality puts on immortality. And uh we're gonna go there. You know what's interesting about Jesus? When they went up on the mountain with him, 
He transfigured before their eyes, didn't he? So how is it that after that they killed him? Hmm. It descended. Oh, the mind boggling, the wheels turning, you feel it kick, 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 kick. Yeah, in the highest, and then crucify him, crucify him within 24 hours. So there was an ascension and descension. He descended so that he could be the Lamb of God, but he had already fully ascended at Passion Week of Hosanna, riding the donkey into Jerusalem. So he, he'd gone to the top and been perfected, then sacrificed all those worlds, all seven of them, on the cross so you could ascend through Christ's blood. How did Jesus' flesh shine like lightning? But he, on down off of the mountain, he looked like just a normal dude. But he didn't let everyone see that, did he? How many people did he take with him? On the mountain of transfiguration. Mount Tabor, Jesus Christ. Just a few people, right? So everybody else, did they really know what he was like? They didn't see it. What did they see? Flesh. Looked like everybody else. But his flesh was not like everyone else's. His flesh had changed. Uh, do you want to talk to them about Jesus going up sapphire stones mm. and uh, doing his uh, internal ascension and then the temptation of Satan? Yeah, the Luke 2.40. The child Jesus grew. So, remember all those Akiena paintings of the child Jesus in the second heavens? She's got several of them. They're really popular. And so, if you look at the chart, this is where Jesus was growing into. Jesus grew through those second heaven worlds. And he grew in wisdom and stature. What is wisdom? The wisdom of these worlds. And then at 30, after growing through these worlds, the Holy Spirit anointed him and he went into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan. So even though he had individually ascended, he had not begun to rule. He didn't have a kingdom. He had the kingdom of his father above him, but the kingdom of the earth belonged to Satan. So Satan took him to a high and lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world. What was he showing him? How the fallen angels had taken dominion over these realms that were forfeit by Adam and Eve, and it was the rulership over the nations, and they were like mountains. And that's the seven mountains of Revelation, the seven mountains of Enoch. And so the rider of the beast in Revelation is standing and sitting on seven mountains, it is written. These mountains correspond to these worlds. So the god of this world is Satan, that's what scripture says, until someone conquers the worlds, which makes us more than conquerors. Because you're not just conquering in the realm of the natural with dirt and dust, you're conquering gemstone worlds that the fallen angels have had for thousands of years, which is the conquering of the seven mountains, or the conquering of the seven worlds. And so... Jesus was all about timing, using his, his body as a sacrificial system, as a sacrificial lamb, when Satan was trying to offer it to him prematurely, which was not from the Father. It was a temptation to be ensnared under these worlds 
that the fallen angels had taken responsibility over because of Adam and Eve's forfeit in the Garden of Eden below. Because they began to obey and listen to the fallen angels in the Garden of Eden below. And so all the above worlds, called second heavens, was given to Satan and his angels. As read in Revelation, the dragon's tail swept one-third of the stars. So the one-third of the stars, that's in the second heaven. So you can also call that outside the city gate, where the dogs and sorcerers are. Since Jesus lived a perfect life in obedience to the Father, he's opened a path through the earth and the heavens, and it's like a hedge of protection. Now you can be in a heavenly Jerusalem in the second heavens, and it's not just all devils. Okay, the second heavens is not just all devils. Second heavens has a heavenly Jerusalem. And my favorite quote from The Torch and the Sword by Rick Joyner is, The book of Revelation is all about the second heavens, which is your promised land in conquering old heavens and making new heavens. So the old heavens are run by sorcerers and dogs, brainwashed, bewitched, influenced by... Those that are outside the gates. Why, why are they outside the gates if they possess these worlds? Because the original design is dormant within them. It's like a precious stone in the hands of a wicked person. It has awesome value, but its original design is not being used. So, once it's in the hands of the righteous, it begins to glow. So even though the Kabbalists of Satanic Sorcery and uh, Freemasonry, Daughters of the Eastern Star, which are all Kabbalist groups of the second heavens that use outside the gates understanding through their fathers, the fallen angels in these realms. It's the same worlds for them, guys. But they're outside the ability of the original design of the gemstone. Just like the Canaanites were in Canaan. Well, the Canaanites were demons, and they're offering their children on altars to fallen angels. And there's Nephilim in the land, giants in the land. But the land was holy to the Lord. The land was holy. It represents these worlds are holy to the Lord, but there's giants in these worlds. And as you rise, you'll confront them, and stuff you can't even imagine is in those places. So you got to get over the grasshopper ideology and, and um, you being small, them being great. Because as you rise, you begin to see the greatness of God in Jesus Christ, the Creator. And you have to recognize that first in the earth. Then you recognize it in higher places, and it'll be, this is literally growing in relationship with Jesus. And why is it dormant? It's dormant because the inside of you is not formed yet in the person of Christ, or you could say in the gemstones of Christ. Believers rewards gemstones, not something you get when you die, that's nonsense. Something you get when you obey, when you're alive, must believe that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him in this life while you have breath in your mouth. And the rewards in this life for diligently seeking Him is unlocking the ability of original design descending to God walking on sapphire stones. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus completed this, and they saw His flesh glowing. Uh-huh. But then he still went and was crucified. But what did he say to the person in charge? How it was even possible that they could even arrest him? Mm. If that, it was only possible if God had given them that authority. He was, he offered himself willingly as a sacrifice. Mm. So supreme over the worlds is God's will. 
supreme over the sapphire stones is God's will. John 17. Holy Father, each one that you have given me, keep them in your name, so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I was guarding them and keeping them in your name. Not one of them is lost, except the one that was destined to be lost, so that scripture would be fulfilled. But now I am returning to you. So, Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you, so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their allegiance is no longer to this world, because I am not of this world. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me, just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice, so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy for your truth. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us, so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them, so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity, and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are. And I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. 
for your love will now live in them, even as I holy sacred journey thank you father for setting this group apart to find the way staying up all night gazing into your heart just to find the way back to the beginning heart that's where it started that's where all of this came from his heart 2019 I saw his heart came into my room I could see it with my eyes I was waiting on the Lord beautiful crystal heart so beautiful and just my heart started beating with it it started making my heart beat and the music I was listening to the song and the song was baby I love you and there's the heartbeat and the song and the music and the dancing lights and it was reflecting rainbows everywhere in my room and I just, all I could do was just lay there and stare at it. I didn't really know what else to do. <laughs> you know, don't move. <laughs> and then I thought, now's a great time, since I know this is my father, to test the spirit. <laughs> test every spirit. Okay, okay. And when I saw and I tested, I said, confess to me that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. I had to work myself up a little bit to say something because I was a little overwhelmed at the giant crystal heart and dancing rainbows and lights in my room. And the lights rearranged themselves when I asked into a giant thumbs up like a Facebook emoji like this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it just made me giggle. <laughs> like, oh, wow, that is so cool. He's not mad that I, that I tested the spirit. <laughs> And then this, they started pouring out his love, his love started beating. And it was so beautiful. I just, I wanted to be in his heart. I want his heart in me. And I just, I, the overwhelming love, I'm, he loves us. He loves us so much. Overwhelming love. And his heart moved into mine. And I, my feelings started to go crazy. <laughs> and, uh. You know, it takes us some time to learn how to use the things God gives us. He gives us things and then we use them wrong and we learn, we learn. But that love is so strong. I, one of our GTs, my GTs the other day I got, it was Eternal Love 2019. I was like, oh, so I saw his heart and moved in. And that outpouring of his, his love, he wants to outpour his love in his holiness, in his purity. His way, His highway of holiness, His severity, His goodness, His mercy, His loving kindness. Because that mercy triumphs over judgment. That's His said. 
That's Jupiter. <laughs> so I was like, the revelation of Jupiter. That mercy that triumphs over the judgment. But what is that way? Remember Rick Joyner on the mountain? We go into that throne of judgment to receive it. And then we receive the blood of Jesus, we receive the mercy. So we don't fear punishment. That perfect love, loving kindness of said, drives out that fear of punishment. As we receive his judgment, his truth, that he's telling us that thing that's in there that's gotta go. It's always the next level. It's always just what horrible thing do I want to realize about what's already in me and that needs to change. It's <laughs> pretty much the whole journey. So get used to it. It doesn't that part doesn't change until we're made perfect. Who's excited to hear the next horrible thing about me? <laughs> I am. I am. So many volunteers. <laughs> about 20, 20 people, thirty people maybe. But that's his journey in uh, his love getting closer to his heart yeah to know that you're loved to feel in all of your yet zero of your heart emotions that you're loved you're gonna deal with the nasty stuff in there but the reason why he brings the intensity of that judgment that feels so negative is in order to him for him to remove that thing off of your sapphire stones off of you really you so that he can give you more of that love that's why the chastisement any of the punishment it's not that there's no punishment it's just that you're not afraid of it anymore because when he chastises you and he punishes that sin in you you can just instead of trying to get out of punishment right we always in the world try to get out you ever just try taking responsibility for the action and how much more respect there is for that than just trying to avoid and run away and not deal with it. And so we just take it to the Father. And He deals with us more gently, so much more gently than the world does. Especially when we're honest with Him. What makes Him angry, and yes, don't say, oh, God's not angry with you. How many times God's been angry with me? I'll tell you. Well, I can tell when he's mad at me, you know, and just trying to like keep my head down. Like, I'm sorry. But it's, I was like, you're right to be, I'll just, you know, you're right to be upset with me. It's not the end of the world. God says his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. And what is that? Who, who does he give that favor to? The humble. So we humble be ourselves before him by, okay, you're right. I'm wrong. It's, again, close my mouth ministries. Don't, I wouldn't just kind of, I would shut, shut my mouth at that point and let the angels kind of help you. Just try not, like, when, when dad's pissed off, you know, it's for a good reason. Like, clearly you're the one in the wrong, not God. So it's good to just kind of humble if you need to go down and just put your head down on the floor and cry a little bit or repent. I'm sorry, you know, whatever. It's not the end of the world. He wants to deal with that thing that you might not realize what it is so he can remove it. So he can give you more. He wants to delight in you and to pleasure in you and pour that love into you. It's when you're when you're punishing your child, it's so that the behavior can change, right? It's not that you don't love your kid anymore, right? Just because you gave him a whooping or grounded them or took the iPad away. God forbid the iPad is gone, you know. The Wi-Fi has been turned off. <laughs> I'm not loved. You don't love me. You love. You just, I'm... You can't be trusted. He, you can't be trusted with that. That's the thing. God, God wants to trust you. He wants you to trust Him. 
But when we do the wrong things to our brothers and sisters, when we think the wrong things toward others, when we think the wrong things towards God, he can't trust us with certain things yet. It's not the end of the world. Don't freak out like it's the end of the world, but it's okay to cry and just humble yourself. Okay, let's reassess. What do you want to do? You want to make sure there's no, not the enemy involvement in it. That's why you don't want to judge and accuse others because then you're going to be dealing with the enemy accusing and judging you. You want to be in the hands of your merciful father and not the enemy, right? That's the difference between this and just that religious guilt condemnation. It's none of that. Because of the wounding from that, we tend to get triggered from that trauma we've experienced in the enemy camp. The reason why you kind of freak out and get afraid, oh no, God's mad at me. He's not going to treat you like the enemy. Those are the wounds because if you've been in any, pretty much any and all, like even the glory stream, religion, charismatic stuff, what have we seen? That there's a fallen angel over all of the churches. So if what you were used to was overlorded by demons, that's not the experience that God wants you to have on Sapphire Stones. It's different with him. It's very different. You can trust him. Even yet, though he slay me, yeah, well, I trust him. If it's God that's doing the chastisement, even if it's severe, you can rest in him. And I remember there was one time he was dealing with me very severely on something. And it was just, it was very, I, I told you, I said, this is very difficult for me. I'm going to need a lot of help. Oh, I feel fire. Like this. Yeah. Mm. And a, ooh, a lot of grace. A lot of grace. <laughs> he gives so much undeserved grace. He's so patient. And I said, please, I know you are so patient. Please be just patient with me. You know what I've been through. He knows what you've been through that hurt you so deep. That it seems impossible to get a breakthrough in that place because you were hurt so deep. He is able to say, Lord, Father, just be patient. You are so patient. Thank you. Your grace is enough. I'm just going to believe on that. But I'm going to need your help. I can't. You know I can't. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was so good. Oh, it was so good. It felt great. <laughs> and it still feels great. <laughs> and it's just wonderful. Oh, he's so wonderful. He's wonderful. And there's even the severity of the one. I, you know, I almost started getting the warfare. And they said, you know, that's me. And I was like, oh. And they said, well, you know what? As much as this hurts. And I thought. You know, surely this is the enemy right now. I said, I get peace came over me. And I said, okay, you know, as long as I'm in your hands, this is from you. This punishment is from you. That's okay. Just, I don't want to be in the enemy's hands. I don't want to be in man's hands. I just want to be in your hands. It's good. I receive it. I, get to, I receive it. And that peace and that comfort. And then I was so thankful for the affliction. I was so thankful. It was just a small, like, physical affliction. But I was so, I just felt the relief and the peace. At first, the 
freaking out and ready the warfare. He's like, uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and uh, it's it, he's really good. He goes, he knew it would just take a little physical affliction for me to get over the deeper inner work in the soul. And sometimes it takes that, but you're going to need discernment. You're going to need patience. And you're going to need to know that you're loved. He loves you. We're not going into the Esau camp of hating our brothers and sisters and being murderous and, you know, despising wisdom and knowledge. Just any of that, we repent it out of the spirit and out of the soul. And just, when you're honest with God, he respects that. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to be saying we more or less than we are. It's just, this is just the situation. And uh, even though I, I might not I might not be able to. I'm going to do my part as much as I can. And then I'm trusting you. And he does it. He really does it. And that's that's what's so healing. As you go on this journey, you'll realize what's different between this time and before in whatever, you know, charismatic thing, whatever glory stream thing, whatever church thing, is that it's, it's real and it works and it's everlasting. You might have some kind of afflictions or trials, but it really, the work is done, and it's that overflowing healing, and then once the thing is out that needs dealt with, then, you know, whatever the thing is, it tends to just kind of go away, so. It's good. That's why I don't judge anybody for what they're going through. That That's really, I mean, if God's given you something to say to someone or to intervene on something, that's different. But you really can't look at someone who's afflicted, whether it's like, a sickness or a physical ailment or just an emotional turmoil you, we really can't judge what God's doing because he's he, he's working on an individual matter some things are really difficult to get out and he'd rather them have a little bit of discomfort for a time and get the thing out get that part circumcised so that you can be healed and receive more of his love and so that's what we got to really be watch ourselves when you see someone going through something you want to pray for them don't judge them don't compare don't take personal what people say when they're going through it because they might be all kinds of pressed <laughs> and they might be saying crazy things so we just got to give a lot of grace and love it's much more important that you forgive the person if they're under duress or under pressure of some kind whether it's God doing work in them or the enemies afflicting them pray for that person do not take it personally don't start judging and doling out judgments and getting upset another really important thing is on that path you want to put the pictures up one more time if you see somebody that's going up faster than you please understand that that in no way changes your destiny. They cannot steal your destiny. I know somebody out there had to hear that. If somebody starts going up really fast, God's probably going to use them to help you go up faster. That's how it works. I notice anytime I go up fast, the, the people who are going up get acceleration. When I was going really slow, when I was slowing down, they were going slower. So like your breakthrough is their breakthrough. That's why we champion each other on. Someone going up faster does not mean they're going to steal your destiny. And somebody's got to hear that today. I, this is from the, the Lord told me this the last couple of days. It has nothing to do with your destiny, how fast someone else goes up. If someone is trying to even be a thief of destiny, they're going to be outside of the city gates, even if they go up above the sun and they start acting. Because you can go back, you can repent back to sin yep. at any height. There's no you can fall from any the height. Sapphire stones. You're in the kingdom. Right, so if someone's trying to come at you and steal things and steal destiny, 
literally they're going to step out of the narrow path and they're going to be in cosmic unrighteousness which means they no longer are walking in a destiny of any kind in the kingdom now they're practicing sorcery with the fallen angels right and so their destiny is destroyed or in the process of getting destroyed if you did step out on you know you made a mistake it is possible to reconcile and get you back in but i'm telling you you got to be quick things are really things manifest really quick the higher you go up so quick to repentance quick to forgive quick to let go of offenses uh, think about it when someone when it really because amen when you're in yetzira you're dealing with the strongest emotions you might feel injured you might feel hurt you might feel damaged you might feel like how could they Again, this Leviathan lives in Yetzira, okay? You got your so, cross the whole time you go up, so just keep Stay getting cross. washed in the blood and the water of the spirit and growing in the knowledge of the word, and it gets healed, he restores your soul yep. as you rise. Again, it doesn't matter what you feel. It's, it doesn't matter because he tenderly cares for your emotions, but it actually doesn't have to impact your decisions to take action. You can be so hurt, and you can decide to... Uh, get on your face and repent of being, you know, offended, or you can repent on behalf of someone else. You can pray for them, forgive their sins, just speak it out with your mouth, let their sins be forgiven, and let my sins be forgiven. Forgive, 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 because at the end of the day, you don't want to be giving ammo to the enemy against a brother or sister, because that makes you a betrayer. So no matter what they've done that's, you know, hurtful, bring it to the Lord, Bring it to the Lord. Don't bring it to your neighbor and all your friends and on Facebook, Messenger. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. And the difference between, and people don't want to do that usually, because when they were in religion, it doesn't work. And everyone, they just continue to hurt and, and steal and destroy. This is where it works. If you keep rising, it forces a judgment upon that person in a holy way where it basically brings a decision to the forefront. They have to choose either to go up higher or they'll be burnt out of your life, basically. Mm -hmm. That's There's like not a lot of in-between. It's either they go up or they get burnt out somewhere. They'll be somewhere else doing some other thing. They'll be separated from you. It, it, there's That's how it works Separates on Separates sheep stones. and goats, it is written. Yeah. It's not like in religion where you're all just in the sand with the same people doing the same trauma, same problems. It's not like that at all. That was probably close to, if not the number one thing, like probably top three like shocking things that I realized on this journey is like, oh my gosh, this literally brings a judgment in it. it either people have changed or they're gone out of your life. It's not, a, there's not a whole lot of in between. It, it's, it's pretty the intense. You go up, yeah. More power. And so the quicker God's will is implemented through angel armies. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, but it's encouraged. Someone's encouraged by that today. Like, hallelujah. I got a game plan now. It does work. And. It's really, yeah, it is powerful. And because God wants to improve the natural realm for us to be walking in holiness, right? We're refining and elevating the natural realm to where literally the new earth and when this existence is going up and the old is departing away and it's going to be rolled up. And the Once old you get that out. divine body through these worlds, then the lower garden of Eden comes back. That's the best wine saved for last. And just like Jesus, when you have uh, different flesh, when you go up, there may not be a lot of people who notice or know or are supposed to know. So you get more discretion as you go up. What things you share, God is going to start giving you uh, revelation and information 
and mysteries, and then some of you is going to give you secrets. So what you learn is when God's communicating to you, understanding what's he communicating for you to share with others, to build people up. What is he communicating with you for your own private personal life that needs to change or that would benefit you or that would help you or help your family? Right? So there's different levels. You're going to have discretion. When he starts giving you mysteries, mysteries, it's about timing. Secrets, it's about concealing. And if he tells you to reveal, to reveal in the way and the timing and how. It's about being a closer friend of God. So it's not just like, I know a secret. You know, like, that's like kindergarten secrets. I know a secret. I know a secret and you don't. Or, you know, like, oh, look at the lunch I got today. Isn't mine better than everybody else's? You know, it's just like, I mean, maybe we, I guess we are in kindergarten. But, you know, we, we learn and we grow to where we understand in Satan's kingdom, he conceals secrets to harm. In God's kingdom, he conceals secrets with those veils that also work like mirrors. So when you look into it, what you see reflected tells you something. And when it opens to you, it's the excitement, the wonder, and the joy, and the awe of the, the revealing. Oh, you know, oh. It's really, it, it pops, you know, it changes you. He conceals it so that when it's unveiled to you, it changes you. It's his methodology. It's how he revelate. He has the person revelate. So there's mysteries, there's secrets, his ways. His kingdom is a good kingdom and a holy kingdom. And when you get that download and you, or you see that thing, that realization hits you, you understand that certain things he tells you at different stones along the way. And I realize when I get to this stone, Oh, well, I'm glad he didn't tell me that when I was on that stone. I would have totally, <laughs> that would have been wrong, you know, like I wouldn't have understood that at all. I wouldn't have had the capacity. I wouldn't have the revelation. The revelation builds on revelation, right? Think about where you were 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. What kind of things were revelation to you back then versus what your revelation that you have now? It's like a, it's a world. Again, pictures. We started out on milk and ended up with solid food or something. It's a world of difference. Do you see what I mean? It's a whole world of difference. You're, it's like you're living now in a world, a different world almost than when you were all those years ago. You know that? So you're getting to have that spiritual childhood restored to you. It's going to be a world of difference. And you're going to be like, wow, how did I come so far so fast? And it's going to be exciting all along the way. The most fun, the most excitement uh, you're going to have is the more we just stay in Him. Humble, teachable, correctable, but also confident in Him. Not throwing away your confidence. Getting rid of the false humility and the, and the poverty and the, you know, all the, just the weird stuff of religion. All the stuff religion taught us just... Throw it in the trash bin for now. Just we can start over, clean slate. I'm, you know, young spirit. I'm just gonna grow and enjoy my spiritual childhood and go up as fast as possible. Amen. Amen. All right, let's do it. I believe the Lord wants me to share a couple of prophetic, uh, one dream and uh, oh, yeah. a prophecy that uh, a man of God had for Red Letter Ministries back in 2010. Idol Torres. He had a big church over in Wisconsin. Bring. He was the main one that brought Bob Jones into the region. 
for 10 years, and he prophesied over me in 2010 and said, Red Letter Ministries is going to preach the very destruction of the throne of Satan in the world. You'll continue to preach, and he said, the vision I see over you, it, it'll be like a pile driver, and um, it'll, it'll progressively go into his throne until it disintegrates the throne of Satan in the world. And it was from the broadcasting of what progressively comes forth from this table. And I had a dream with um, a bunch of people that were um, in broadcasting. Uh, uh, Joshua Mills was in it, Matt Sorger was in it, and they all had uh, big stages and stuff. And we were all in this uh, this auditorium, and they, the speakers were there, and um, Joshua Mills came over to my table. It was a white circular table. He laid hands on me, and it got laid out, and it represented... Um, our ministries broadcasting the glory of God. There was three glory ministries, Matt Sorger, uh, Joshua Mills, and I inside the auditorium. And after I got laid out in the auditorium of broadcasting, I went outside the broadcasting room of the three of us, and it was the Garden of Eden on earth. The lower garden had been restored. And the Lord said, the interpretation of the dream, prophecy in the dream, is that through the broadcasting, you are going to restore the Garden of Eden to all the earth. And that, through the revelations that come forth here, it will be a pile driver in decimating, permanently destroying the rulership of the fallen angels over the earth. And so that is what you're participating in with Red Letter Ministries. Those are some of the destiny promises that I've had for 10 almost 15 years and uh, they're coming to pass and these teachings now of sapphire stones are the highest greatest most powerful of all time it's it's not just the pinnacle of us it's the pinnacle of all who've come before us as well in this family tree of the bloodlines of jesus christ and it's important and it's an honor to advance even further than the prophets and apostles before us to a place now in the Joshua generation of getting the promised land of the second heavens. So I just want to thank everyone for walking with us, our partners today on the 1st of June. I want to read this verse, Micah 4, verse 13. On your feet, daughter of Zion, be threshed of chaff, be refined of dross. I'm remaking you into a people invincible, into God's juggernaut to crush the godless peoples you'll bring their plunder as holy offerings to god their wealth to the master of the earth micah 4 13 so with that bring your plunder as holy offerings to god click the links in the description partner with this ministry bring your offerings as holy plunder to god and be blessed as you offer your sacrifices by giving sacrificial financial offerings tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let that juggernaut Amen. anointing be on the givers tonight. <laughs> Wealth to the master of all the earth. Glory. Wow. <laughs>